Oh, now that's definitely a drag car. And this is Fast Matters, the everything drag racing podcast brought to you by American Drag Car. I'm Jeff Safranik and Fast Matters, so let's just get this thing started. Welcome to this edition of the Fast Matters Race Report as we cover Drag Car Season 9 American Flow Tech Championship Drag Racing Series. Drag Car features the only non-breakout, first one there wins, sportsman drag racing format of its kind anywhere with its Arizona Differential Specialist CompStar Eliminator. I'm the Jeff Man, so let's just get to the racing. This edition of the Fast Matters Race Report covers the 2020 American Float Tech Championship Drag Racing Series Season 9 Race Number 2 held at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park in Chandler, Arizona, featuring the Arizona Differential Specialist CompStar Eliminator. Part 2 of the Drag Car Doubleheader Season Opening Weekend went off as planned on Sunday, January 26th, with the Season 9 American Float Tech Championship Drag Racing Series Race Number 2 at Wild Horse Pass. Starting the race on this day, the drag car bounty was now on Chris Holbrook as he was the points leader due to his scoring the Judicator win on the night before. Today's race was also going to be contested on the eighth mile instead of the quarter mile. Most of the same racers were back on this day, but we still had a couple of new members, including Steve Watkins showing up to race drag car for his first time, and Katie Webb becoming a drag car member. We've seen Katie before, but this season she has decided that she's going to go for the points. Bill Renfro had joined as a member and entered the race on the day before, but failed to make a qualifying pass, but he was back again today to give it another shot. And after two rounds of qualifying had been completed, the surprise top qualifier of the day was Dylan Smith. Um, no, not really a surprise as he recorded a 5.13 with a 9 at 134 miles per hour to take the number one spot in the Fast Five. Pat Marbach was number two with a 6.09 at 117 miles an hour. Ron Shelley was number three with a 6.13 at 115, even though his car was still not running right. Gary Cope took the fourth spot with a 6.49 at 104, and Scott Gibson rounded out the Fast Five with a 6.51 at 105. The eliminations opened with Jeff Safranek taking on the newcomer Steve Watkins. Safranek qualified with an 8.083, but opted for a 7.10 index as he was still having problems getting the car down the track. Steve Watkins qualified at 8.640, which put him on an 8.65 index. At the call to the lanes, Safranek was sitting alone, waiting for his competition to show. And just about when he thought he was going to get a single, here came Watkins, driving in through the gate as he decided to go out for lunch. But that may have been detrimental to his performance because, while he nailed a 001 light to lead Safranek in the chase with over five hundredths of a second in reaction time advantage, his eight. 79 wasn't enough to stay ahead of Safranek's 712. So Safranek was on into the next round feeling lucky. And pretty damn surprised that the car ran that number. Next up was another newcomer in Bill Renfro taking on Michael Porter. Renfro qualified at 7.155, which put him on a 715 index, while Porter qualified at 7.780 and took a 780 index. 
Porter took three-tenths of a second in reaction time advantage and paired that with a 7.79 to take the win over Renfro's off-pace 7.29. The third pairing had Rich Bailey going up against Marvin Wolfmeyer. Bailey qualified at 7.69.9, which put him on a 7.70, while Wolfmeyer qualified at 6.85 with a 4 to put him on a 6.85 index. And off the line, it was Wolfmeyer with a tenth of a second in reaction time advantage with his 0.24 light, and then nailing down a 6.85 with a 3 to come out on top of Bailey's 7.76 effort. Next up was Katie Webb and Hunter Ray in what I would call the race of the day, as this was another one of those heads-up, all-out, first-one-there-wins drag races, with both racers being on 755 indexes. Hunter had qualified at 756 with a 2, while Katie qualified at 753, which seemingly gave her the performance advantage. But as always, reaction time usually plays a part, and we were interested to see how this race was going to turn out. We knew it would be exciting to watch. Hunter was running on the pro tree, while Katie was running on the full tree. But in the end, their greens both came on at the same time. And when both sides of the tree fell, it was Hunter Ray's 006 reaction time, taking an 11 thousandths advantage over Webb. At the 60-foot mark, Hunter was 45 thousandths of a second out on Katie. At the 3.30, Hunter was out by 41 thousandths of a second, so Katie was starting to close the gap. And at the 6.60, she did it. Pulled up alongside Hunter with her mile-per-hour charge and managed to slip around to take the stripe by just 8 thousandths of a second. 7.54 with a 2 against Hunter's so close, 7.56 with a 1. What a drag race. Next up was Kyle Holbrook, who qualified at 7.12 with an 8 on a 7.15 index, going up against Cody Nelson, who qualified with a 10.49 with a 2, which put him on a 10.50 index. Cody got to leave first, but once Kyle left the line, Cody was already in trouble, with more than 18 hundredths of a second lost in reaction time on the starting line, and that allowed Kyle's 7.27 to take the easy win over Cody's under-index 10.44 with a 4. Then it was Gary Cope going up against Sean Russo. Cope had qualified at 6.49 with an 8 for his 6.50 index, and Russo qualified at 7.19 with a 0 for a 7.20 index. So Russo left first, Cope gave chase, and Cope took more than four hundredths of a second in reaction time advantage, and paired that up with a 6.501 at 105 miles an hour over Russo's under-index 716 with an 8 at 96 for a 9 thousandths of a second win. Then it was Chris Holbrook coming to the line on a 730 index after qualifying at 728 with a 4 against Ron Shelley. But actually, Ron Shelley failed to make the lane call, and so Chris Holbrook was up just to take a competition single. <laughs> but what a single it was. As he staged, took the tree, and left to run out his by run, posting a 731 with a 6 ET at 88 miles an hour 
while ripping off that triple zero reaction time, earning him the season's first Right on the Light Award, being posted by Michael Porter Racing. And as this was race number two, having no award being claimed on the night before in race number one, Chris Holbrook earned himself a $100 cash bonus. Then it was Scott Gibson going up against Dylan Smith in a rematch from the day before. Gibson qualified at 651 to put him on a 650 index, while Smith's 513 with a 9 put him on a 515 index. But something went wrong with Smith on the starting line after Gibson left first with a nice 041 light, and Smith failed to make the pass, which allowed Gibson to take the easy win with a 657 at 105 miles an hour. Finally, to end the round, there was Lino Cimaroli on a 710 index, going up against Pat Marbeck on a 610 index. Cimaroli qualified with a 7076, while Marbeck qualified with a 6091. But similar to the day before, there was a miscommunication again with Marbeck and the tree he desired, as today he now wanted the full tree, but was given a pro tree. And again, his reaction time showed the problem, as he was very late off the line, while Cimaroli's 013 light was pretty damn good regardless, and he went across the stripe with a 712 to take the win. Round two opened with Michael Porter and Gary Cope. Porter still on a 780 and Cope still on a 650 with Porter taking the full tree and Cope taking the pro tree. Porter left first, got a nice 034 light, but Cope left in chase and ripped off an 016 light, but it just wasn't good enough as his 649 with a three could not get around Porter's 776 with an eight. So Cope did score the points due to Porter's run under, but Porter was going on into the next round. Next, we saw Jeff Safranek going up against Kyle Holbrook. Safranek still on a 710, Holbrook on a 715. Too bad that wasn't a heads-up race. Safranek would take the pro tree, Holbrook was taking the full tree, and when the cars left, Safranek had a mediocre 066 light, but Holbrook's 026 red gave the win to Safranek, and he ran across the finish line with a 7.13. Chris Holbrook followed, going up against Lino Cimaroli. Holbrook was on a 7.30, Cimaroli was on a 7.10. And this time, when the lights came down, Holbrook was more than eight hundredths ahead in reaction time advantage with his 0.38 light. But at the finish line, he stopped the clocks at 7.26 with a 6, over Cimaroli's 7.10 with a 5 taking the index penalty and handing the points over to Cimaroli. But Holbrook would be going into the next round. Next up, it was Scott Gibson on a 650 going up against Marvin Wolfmeyer on a 685. Wolfie left first, but his 002 red gave the instant win to Gibson, who easily motored on across the line with a 660 at 103 miles an hour. And it was Katie Webb closing out the round with a bye run as she went ahead and knocked off an 05 light with a 752 to show that she was ready for the next round. And in the next round, Katie Webb had to go up against Jeff Safranek. So Katie was still on a 755 while Safranek was on a 710. Katie got to leave first. And Safranek, who knows what was going on there? The car failed to move, as one would expect, 
and something was obviously mechanically wrong as he just drove down the track, allowing Katie to take the win with a nice 7.53 at 94 miles an hour. Then we had Chris Holbrook coming up to the line against Scott Gibson. Gibson was still on a 6.50, and Holbrook, who was supposed to be on a 7.25, staged the car with a 7.30 showing on the boards. And in drag car, that is a DQ. So, even though the two left the line and it appeared that Holbrook took the win, it was Scott Gibson taking the win with an 027 light and a 652 at 105 miles an hour. Michael Porter then closed this round with the buy run. On a 775, he cut a nice 0530 light and then eased across the line with a 788 to be ready for the next round. So in the semifinals, there were three cars left. The two Mustangs of Porter and Gibson and the Chevy-powered Mustang of Katie Webb. Porter was going up against Webb to open the round while he was on a 775 index going up against her 755 index. And this time when the trees came down, it was Webb with a much worse reaction time. And even with her 750 run under, she was unable to catch up to Porter who took the win with a 7.73 at 88 miles an hour. Gibson tried to run out his buy run, but mechanical issues on the starting line showed the car to stall, and there was even some question if he was going to be able to make the final round with Porter. But in the end, it was Scott Gibson versus Michael Porter in the final. Gibson, on a 6.50, was going up against Michael Porter on his new 7.70 index. And this looked to be a pretty even race, as a matter of fact, as each driver seemed only to be able to run within about a couple of hundredths of their index. So it was certainly going to be important to get off the line quickly. Porter left first, and while it was still respectable, his RT wasn't exactly what he wanted. His 071 light was 49 hundredths of a second slower than Gibson's 022. And at the finish line, it was Gibson's 652 taking the win over Porter's 773 effort. So that finished race number two of the season nine American Flotech Grand Championship Series with the closest actual race of the day turning out to be between Michael Porter and Gary Cope when Porter beat Cope to the stripe by just seven thousandths of a second in round two. One could argue that the Kyle Holbrook-Cody Nelson race was closer at six thousandths of a second, but Holbrook was lifting there to make that race close, while the Porter Cope race was really a race to the stripe. Nobody was given an inch. The best reaction time of eliminations went to Chris Holbrook with his triple zero in round one, and the best losing package was the 017 of Hunter Ray in round one against Katie Webb in that heads up drag race. So the bounty on Chris Holbrook was picked up by Scott Gibson, even though it was on a technicality, as Holbrook disqualified himself. But the new points leader, after two races, is Scott Gibson, with 4,777 points. Chris Holbrook sits in the number two spot at 4,164, while Marvin Wolfmeyer has the third spot at 3,374. Michael Porter is fifth with 3,306 and Gary Cope is fifth at 3,029 points. Dragcar would like to thank all of its sponsors, including American Flotech, 
the Season 9 Grand Championship Series title sponsor, and Arizona Differential Specialists, the Season 9 CompStar Eliminator sponsor, Torco Racing Lubricants of Arizona, Roadrunner Converters, Micro Import Service Incorporated, and Wallace Motorsports. The next race on the schedule is March 7th at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park in Chandler, Arizona, where Drag Car will be running race number three of the American Flotech Grand Championship Drag Racing Series. So make sure to be there, and don't forget, bring your drag car. This has been a drag car production, where being fast matters. (laughs) Oh, my God.